in our Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Going to read one verse out of Hebrews 7. Hallelujah. God's so good to us. Amen. I am so encouraged this morning and uh, thankful for what everything has already been said and done. And one more time, it just all fits together so beautifully. And I did not purposely set out when uh, praying and looking at this message this morning, thinking about Memorial Day, but it is extremely fitting how it just uh, came together. And as we turn to Hebrews 7, I do want to talk about an attitude. How many understand how important it is to have the right attitude? It's not all just about, you know, it's got to be a transformation of our hearts through the gospel, through what Jesus did. But if that experience you've had with God doesn't truly affect your attitude, hmm, maybe take another look. But I want to talk to you so importantly about an attitude that seems to be much very prevalent, an unchristian attitude that is uh, more and more prevalent in recent times. I want to really warn you because it's going to keep you from truly being blessed, truly being what God intends for you, a, a, a child of God that's growing, maturing in God. And uh may seem uh, like I'm taking a text that may be completely different than what I'm talking about, but you hang in there. Before we read it, let's ask God to help us. Father, again, we thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for this... Lord, this beautiful day again and for this great group of your children, Lord, gathered together to love you, to honor you, Lord, to to draw near to you. And I ask you to please let your word just be anointed, God. Let there be, Lord, not just word, but power, God, here today to to get down deep into our hearts and teach us and lead us. And, Lord, that we would not only be hearers of your word, but doers. And God, we love you so much, Lord, for what you have done. Have your way today, we pray again. Help me to just stay out of your way. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Hebrews 7.22 says, By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. God bless you. You can be seated. A surety Jesus was made for us of a better testament. There are a few times in the Bible that this word surety just means to be sure of something. Just means basically to know something with surety, it's saying. And But there are other places in the Bible, ten times uh, this word surety is used, and it is something else is meant by it. In Proverbs... We know this word, this book, we talked about it here recently about the wisdom, the practical wisdom that's in the book of Proverbs and how there's so many different topics that are visited and revisited in Hebrews or in in Proverbs rather to, to just apply to our lives with wisdom, to be wise rather than to be foolish. And one of those things that every now and then somebody asks me about is, is this idea of surety comes up several times in the book of Proverbs. Uh, I'm just going to go through a few of these quickly for you. In Proverbs 6, it talks about being in surety and says, if you are, you're snared. And don't go to bed until you get out of that snare. That's what it says about surety. You go on to Proverbs 12. It goes again uh, into the topic of surety and says, if you were wise, you'd hate it. And that it will 
Uh, the King James uses the word, you're going to smart for it. It's going to cause some damage. It's going to hurt if you allow that in your life. And in Proverbs 17, it talks about someone who is void of understanding is surety. What does that term mean? What is it all about? It's a financial term, actually. And in those days, there's something similar to it in these days. It's uh, really if to, uh, to pledge somebody has very bad credit and the banker says, I don't think you're good for it. I think you're, uh, I, if I loan you the money, I'll never see it again. And uh, probably with good cause. And uh, they go to their friend and say, hey, uh, I want to borrow some money here. And, uh, you know, they don't trust me. If, uh, if I tell them that I don't, uh, can't pay it, will, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> if I tell them that I, if for some crazy reason I can't pay my loan, that uh, they can have your house. <laughs> and everything in it. That you'll back up my, uh, you know, they're, they're so unfair. You know, they, they have no idea. But uh, can you go ahead and let them know, put up what you, everything you own as a pledge to say that, uh, that I'm going to be good for it. And then uh, you go ahead and uh, pledge everything you have um, to pledge or guarantee to be responsible for someone else's debt. Again, in Proverbs 22, it, uh, God basically is just giving some wise counsel, some wise uh, scriptures. It says, if, he has no, if thou hast nothing to pay, why should they take away your bed from out from under thee? All right. It says in Proverbs 22. So there's this idea of surety, of, of putting up a guarantee or a pledge of everything you own and paying someone else's debt who they can't own. I think some of you are already ahead of me here because we see in the Old Testament the value of that is uh, Ephesians tells us the shadows and types of New Testament truths. And God's saying, listen, don't you give everything so that someone else's debt can be paid. That's probably not wise. But then we find ourselves spiritually in debt to God. We find ourselves in a debt. And, you know, we're kind of can be like that guy that Jesus talked about in the parable. Give me time and I'll repay. Yeah. But the idea of it is this is an unpayable debt. Right. Yeah. In the parable, the amount, if you try to translate it into modern dollars and cents from the, the, the shekels that they're using and the talents they're using, it's, a, it, it's an insane amount of money that he's saying, just give me a little bit of time. There's no amount of time that would ever repay this debt. And that is a beautiful picture of the kind of debt that we owe to God that we as sinners cannot pay. Too often there's still this idea in people, if I can be good enough, if I can try hard enough, I can kind of earn this kind of salvation. But we talked about it, Sister Katie led us in worship, and there's no word like holy. When you recognize the holiness of God, when you recognize how that the purity and the 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 excellence of Almighty God and our fallen nature, our very best, the Bible says, is what? Filthy rags. Our very best, the book of Psalms says, this is altogether worthless. It's vanity. has no value at all. So we come to God, and God, thankfully, in his grace, wants 
us to be his children more than we really even want to be. You say, oh, how, how is that possible? Look at the price he paid. How amazing it is to be able to wake up in the morning and think almighty God would put on flesh, would come and dwell among us, God with us, Emmanuel, and pay such a price so that I could be his son, that I, you could be his daughter. That we could spend eternity, not just say, okay, I forgive you, forget about it, but that you'll be my child, that I'll love you. What an amazing way of truth to live your life understanding. Because when we come to God and say, I'm, and recognize, recognize part of the gospel that's so important, we recognize we have nothing of value that God desires or needs that we could possibly say, hey, I'll, I'll spice up my side of the deal if you just please give me a, a little bit of your love. But the grace of God, that he would do what he said, so unwise. Don't, don't give everything for someone who's put up, uh, uh, made such a debt and, and can't pay it. But here he comes, uh, so unworthy, and becomes that pledge. Becomes that surety, becomes that guarantee, stands in our place and pays our price. Something that is so valuable to us that that needs to resonate down deep in us if we're going to ever really have the kind of relationship with God that is appropriate. Because for some reason, many times people come to God and, and maybe start off pretty good and have great intentions, but there's an attitude that can rise up in us almost as if God owes us something. A proud attitude. Like, you know, why, why, uh, why doesn't he do it this way? And most times, why doesn't he do it quicker? Why does he do it in my time? And why doesn't he give me, uh, you know, we look at each other. The Bible says comparing ourselves to one another. We're not wise. Why did he do it for them? And I'm still going through this trial. Why does it seem like everything goes their way? And I'm having such a difficult time with what I'm going through. And God's working. God's working. But we start to compare ourselves. And and we can get a kind of proud attitude that says, you know, God owes me. There's an idea of the word we use so often is entitlement. That. See, I, I want to tell you something. God doesn't owe me anything. Right. I have a, a recognition that if, if there's anything good going on in my life, it's not because I brought it to the table. I brought a mess. I brought the, uh, devastation and destruction. And God, God didn't just remodel me. He just totally uh, renewed me. Amen. I, God doesn't owe me anything. I'm so thankful today that I'm a part of his family. Paul said, I, I don't deserve to be called an apostle. Paul said, I don't deserve to, to have this grace that God gave me, but I didn't take it lightly. I didn't take it for granted. We can never really proceed in God and grow in God until we get that understanding that, you know what, God, you've been so good to me. It's not, hey, what you owe me and, and, and don't, if I have a bad day and, and something doesn't go my way, maybe, uh, you know, God, you know, I might not just, I've heard people get angry. God, I don't think I even believe in him anymore. 
He's heard it before. I'm not going to, you know what? I'm just not going to pray. I'm not going to church. Why should I, you know, we kind of fall on the floor and kick our legs like a spoiled brat in Walmart. <laughs> God, this is the way, but God doesn't owe me anything. That's right. I, I, he, he, I, I owe him everything. Uh, a world that we live in so often, we look around at our day today, and I know there's a lot of fear and a lot of, uh, of troubles that are brewing around us, and, but we are blessed. Aren't we blessed? We have so much today, and so often, a lot of us, I'll say myself included, have come up in, in, with so many blessings, and, and uh, God's been good. But we got to recognize in a day like we live in today, it didn't just happen. Amen. Amen. If I, if you grew up with food on the table, somebody worked to provide that. If you grew up with electricity still running through the wires and somebody sacrificed, if you had somebody uh, putting you to bed at night, getting you up in the morning and tucking you in and, and, and making you, you, somebody did that for you. We have such a hard time showing honor and recognizing the people that that gave. And we like to think I did this. I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. I know it's kind of cliche. I've heard it so many times. Maybe some of you uh, have never heard it today, but they talk about if you ever seen a a, a turtle on a fence post, you know, it never got there by itself. It had to have some help. (laughs) Amen. And that's how we ought to feel this morning. I didn't, I didn't get here by myself. Why is it so difficult for a generation to, to say, you know what? I've been helped. I've benefited. I've been blessed because somebody else was sacrificed. Somebody else gave so that I can be blessed today. He doesn't owe me anything. Our, our, our salvation, this, the very, the very reason we can say I'm on my way to heaven today. The very reason we can say that, that my sins have been forgiven, they've been washed away, that I have a new life, a new start, I have mercy and I have grace, it's not because of me, it's because of God. Amen. And God worked through others. Somebody prayed. Somebody cared. Somebody loved. Somebody uh, took some time to, to not give up on me. Somebody took some time to say, you know what, uh, I, I, because of God in them, they saw something that all those that, that knew me before didn't see me. Amen. Through, through God's vision, God's love, somebody didn't see a waste of time. Amen. They, somebody took some time to be kind. Somebody took some time to, to be patient with me. Amen. I know some of us, we already, we always think, well, we just got in this and we were just mature and said the right thing all the time and never really uh, dropped the ball as being a witness and always just fit in to, to being a Christian and, and, and church so good. No, 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 not really. Right. Somebody was patient with you. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes you said the wrong thing at the wrong time right. and rubbed people the wrong way. Right. Yeah. 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 But you know what they did? They smiled and prayed for you. Because a God in them said, they'll grow. They'll grow. We're not expecting somebody to act like a mature Christian who's not even hardly maybe even born again yet. It's all right. They don't have to be embarrassed by that. We all were there. 
Somebody witnessed to me. Somebody took some time to, 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 to care, to take some time to, to just slow down a little bit and say, you know what? I want them to know they mattered in church. That's, that's why we're here. Amen. You wouldn't be here if everybody gave you the cold shoulder. You wouldn't be here if everybody said, I don't have time. I've got things to do. And you ran off quick and said, you know what? Uh, hey, hey, okay, yeah. Somebody. Sometimes I've seen them just beg people. Oh, we missed you. So we please don't quit. Please don't give up. It wasn't just because you found this. People, <laughs> I found, I found God. You find God. God wasn't lost. Yeah. I want to tell you something. Maybe this, this is a little strong for you, but God was doing great before I got here. Right. God had everything under control. Yeah. You don't, I, I don't have the attitude. He says, you know what, God? Okay, now that I'm here, we're going to start taking care of some things. <laughs> now, you know, I, I've seen how things are going, but now we're going to get some things done. Oh, no. God's going to be doing awfully well if he tarries. And doesn't return. He'll be doing great when I get out of here. Yeah, right. You know, just having a Bible. Yeah, yes, sir. Just having a Bible. It means somebody gave. Somebody stood. These great testimonies of, of faithfulness and of, of, of what God did for them. These just all, all that I read, all that it feeds me and inspires me. This is somebody else working, somebody else praying, somebody else living so that I can be blessed. When I come to the house of God and I can feel the presence of God. That this isn't just some kind of place where, you know, somebody walked around the town and said, oh, I can feel God here. Put up some walls and put a roof over it. If you feel God, somebody prayed. If you feel like God is working and moving and there's, there, there can be a miracle in this house, it's because somebody just said, you know what, I, I, I want God, to, I'm praying God you'll move and touch and help somebody. Somebody prayed, somebody fasted, somebody, somebody preached to me. Somebody preached to me, somebody told me the truth. Somebody wasn't worried about my feelings, but they were worried about my soul and told me that I needed a Savior. Told me what it really meant to, to grow and learn. And oh, that means so much to me. Yeah, Amen. We get so picky. I want to say it again. You know, we have this cancel culture where it's like, you know what? Something just didn't go exactly my way. So, you know, I'm going to get online and destroy them. Talked to a business owner here not too long ago. They said, why do people just, just you try to do, bend over backwards, do everything you can. All you want to do is help somebody get what they want, but you just don't do it exactly perfectly. And you want to work with them to work it out. And, and rather than work with you to do things better, they just want to destroy your reputation. It's a sad day we're living in when that kind of thing is so prevalent. I want to tell you something. People are like me. People are like you. They can try their best and still fall so short. That's human. That's, that's the condition of being humanity. Yes, I believe in miracles. Yes, I believe. But we're not just always so picture perfect. And, but when you come to the house of God, when you come to, to, to the kingdom of God and you just say, you know what? I don't deserve a bit of this. I don't deserve a bit. You know, there's people that don't have have uh, air conditioning, they don't have a sound system working, their lights don't work, they don't have uh, 
any of this and they're, they're loving God. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 4. God doesn't owe me anything. But I owe him so much. Now, Corinth, as you turn to 1 Corinthians 4, was a church in Greece and they were... Well, Paul's very blunt with them. They're very immature. They're, you know, cliquish. They've got so many different situations in their church they're just not dealing with properly. And he tells them, you know, you're still kind of babies in your faith. You ought to grow up and be able to be a a, a, a testimony, a help, a, be teachers, if you will. First Corinthians 4, verse 6 says, these things, brethren, I have a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up one against another. Listen to this. It's so good. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? You've got to remember that. Every good, every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, is what the Bible says. We give God glory for anything, everything, that if there's anything good going on in this service today or in any other, or, or whatever we might be doing for God's kingdom throughout the week, if anything is good and perfect in you, don't puff yourself up about it. Right. What do you have today that you didn't receive? I appreciate the testimonies. Even uh, even Madeline talking about mom and dad and what they looked like before God got a hold of them. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for God, where would we be? Well, praise God. It's easy. Come on now. From where we stand in the grace and the mercy of God. Sadly, it's too easy for some to look out in the world and haven't had the privileges that we've had, haven't had the blessings that we've had. And instead of take responsibility and say, you know what, God, I want to shine to them, show them that they can have every benefit, every blessing that that God afforded me to step back and feel self-righteous and judgmental. But what did you, what do you have that's any good that you didn't receive? Say, well, I worked hard for what I have today by the grace of God. That he gave you that opportunity, gave you that strength. Amen. Thank God for hardworking men and women of God. Amen. But if it wasn't for God, where, where would we be? Who maketh thee to differ from another? What hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory? Why brag? If thou hadst not received, as if thou hadst not received it, why are you acting like this isn't a gift? Look at how awesome I have because the gift I have. Who gave that to you? I didn't. Let's not talk about that. God doesn't owe us anything. The idea that we come to God. Like everything just ought to go our way at our time for my benefit. You know, Jesus tells us in Luke, the 17th chapter, I can read it to you here. So likewise, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, you say we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. 
Oh, you can't believe I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to brag, but wow, do I pray. <laughs> oh, we had a prayer and fasting chain. I'll tell you, you think I fasted so hard. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, some people fast, but I know how to fast and I know how to pray and, and I give. Oh, I mean, it sounds like what Jesus is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. Tooting our own horn. Right? I'm just so, look at me and, and my position. Look at me and, and who I am. And Jesus said, you know, you're a child of God. You're a servant. You're just doing, doing what Christians do. Yeah, the right kind of attitude. Oh, I want, I want attention so badly. I want people to, to recognize my value. I'll tell you what really needs to happen. Pray. Get in the presence of God. When you really get in the presence of God, you're going to feel that that love and that yes. appreciation, that value. Yes, yeah. You know, we could be like like Haman. Yeah. Was that in the book of Esther? He had everybody in the whole nation yeah. bowing to him when he went by. One man, Mordecai, says, uh-uh, nope. <laughs> I, we don't do that. I don't care what everybody else does. I don't care what your threat is. I'm not bowing to this 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 narcissistical, egotistical man that thinks he's something. We bow only to God. Right. One man doesn't bow, Haman loses it. Yeah. Right. Yep. He, Haman can't live. Everybody is bowing to him like he's some kind of divine being. One man says nope, and he loses it. I'm going to kill them all. That's pride. Yes, sir. That's entitlement. Yeah. Yep. That's when you get the attitude that you're something special because you did a little extra. All right. But what kind of extra is it when you received everything? Right. When Jesus himself has been a surety for us, yes, been that guarantee, and all the blessings that I'm a recipient of, yeah. can't get over it. Yes, Turn to Romans 1. Romans 1. Jesus, we sing that song, Jesus paid it all. All to him, I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. I owe him. Paul is talking to the Romans and he says, I am a debtor. Want to talk about debt? Paul says, I'm a debtor, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians. Both to the wise and to the unwise. The Apostle Paul, this great apostle, leader, teacher, this man who went through Greece and, and, and Asia and establishing churches, building in them, writing these letters that would now be our, most of our New Testament. And he says, you know what? I'm in debt to the people that helped me. I'm in debt to the people that, you know, we can see throughout the book of Acts. The, sadly, in this day, when we're looking for celebrity, there's this idea of supporting roles. <laughs> you know, uh, but where would Paul be if it wouldn't be for men and women that got together and let him down in a basket out of the city so that he wouldn't get persecuted and, and, and killed and so many other times, men like Ananias, who we don't really know anything about the man. And, and God just talks to him and says, hey, there's a man, Saul of Tarsus. Nobody wants to go near him, but you're going to go pray for him. You're going to see him healed and tell him that I've got a plan for his life. All right. So many t- people. And 
down through, we could spend a lot of time just just going down the life of Paul and all the people that were there. And he's he doesn't take credit. He said, you know what? I'm I'm in debt to so many people. I'm in debt to so many people. I want to I want to close with this. I'm not going to turn to it. But numbers 32, there is a. There is a verse that I have heard preached to me. That was always used to strike fear into my heart. It was a verse always used to make me feel like I better run to that altar or else. And I thank God for healthy fear of the Lord. We preached about that Wednesday night. But in Numbers 32, 23, Moses is talking to one of the tribes and he says, but if you do not so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord. And be sure your sin will find you out. Make no mistake. You can't hide your sin from God. I believe that. I don't want to take anything from that. Understand that you may get away with it for a while, but be sure your sin will find you out. If that doesn't strike the fear of God into you. God, I don't. I don't want to be caught. I want to be right. I want to make it right, get taken care of, and be right. But later on, when I started looking at, imagine the context of a scripture actually mattering. <laughs> you look at this and realize that they're getting ready to go into the promised land. All 12 tribes are getting ready to go in. And they're going to get the blessings of God. They're going to get the inheritance. And God's going to finally not only get them out of bondage of of slavery, but going to bring them into a place where he's going to bless them, multiply them, show them off to the world. They're all going to have an inheritance. They're all going to have a, a place where they can love God, serve God with their families, and shine their light to the world. They get to the Jordan River, getting ready to go over. And this is all that, that, that God was telling them. It's going to be a land flowing with milk and honey. You're going to be so blessed. And now, some of the people come to Moses and they say, you know what? This side of Jordan is better for us and for our cattle. We're looking at the lay of the land. We're looking at the pastures, we're looking at our need for our cattle, and, and it just seems so right for us to stay on this side of Jordan and not go into the promise. This is good enough for us. This is, this is what we think we need. And immediately Moses gets very angry. And he says, how dare you think that it's okay for you to stop here because there's battles ahead. When we go in there, we're going to have to fight the enemy, and your brothers are going to need you to fight by their side. And he gets very, very angry and says, don't you understand that that God is against this? You're you're abandoning everybody who's going to have to fight to to get what God has for them. And they say, wait, whoa, Moses, settle down a little bit. Come on. We'll go in. We're going to just build some quick little... Places for our cattle and for our families, but we promise you, we're going to go in there. 
Now, we want to live here. We don't need to fight any more enemies in there for us. But we'll go in and fight with our brothers and sisters until every last battle is won and every last family has their inheritance. Because we're not in this alone. We're in this together. And we get that, Moses. We feel like we want to stay on this side. There's a lot maybe we can say about that. And, 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 but uh, but we're going we're gonna to go in. We're going to go in and fight every last battle until you tell us, or rather jo- Joshua tells us, that the battles are over. We'll keep on fighting. And when every last battle is won, then when Joshua says, okay, guys, thank you for your time, then we'll go home. But we won't abandon those that are fighting amongst our brothers and sisters until it's all been conquered. And Moses says, okay, that makes sense. But you hear me and hear me good. If you walk away when your brother's fighting a battle, if you step back and say, I got no skin in this game because I've got a place over there on the other side of Jordan and I'm done with this battle and you let him go through that battle by himself, be sure your sin will find you out. He puts that kind of condition on what it means to say, come on, we, we, we owe each other this. Because you didn't get here by yourself. You can't just give up and say, I got enough. Let other people who are fighting their battles fight alone. See, God brought us this far. Other people prayed for us. Other people were faithful and made sure that there was somebody that could encourage us and preach to us. And we get to our place in our lives where now we feel good about where we are and say, you know what? Let everybody else get it for themselves. No, it's time for you. It's time for you to say, I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor. God, you've given me everything I have. And, and God, Paul said to the, the Greeks and, and to the barbarians, they all, they've helped me. I've been so helped. It's my turn to help. It's my turn to be a blessing. It's my turn not to act like I got up on this fence post all by myself. It's time for me to recognize there's a work to do. There's a fight to fight. And, and maybe, maybe I got to church here today and I feel like everything's going so great for me. But that's not enough. I need to realize maybe there's somebody here going through some things. And when I was going through some things, somebody slipped a hand on my shoulder, prayed for me at an altar. Somebody came by and said, I, I, remember, I'm here for you if you ever need anything. And I'm in debt to that. Amen. How do I pay my debt? You look for others. Praise God. You look for others that need that friend, that need that, that prayer warrior, that need that one. Amen. Listen, we, we didn't get here by ourselves. We, God doesn't owe us anything. Even the battles that we fought, God used them for good. Oh, yes, he did. To strengthen us, to teach us. But there are others that need are fighting battles. There are others that are going through hard times. There are others that are starting out with maybe the same kind of lack of understanding, lack of maturity that every one of us had. Where, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do when we see somebody that's weak, somebody that's struggling? The Bible says you bear those burdens. If you're spiritual, if you're strong, you bear those burdens. We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. We have a debt. 
because we have been so benefited by the love, the labor, the sacrifice of not only God himself, but God's people, how we ought to seek to say, God, help me to do the same for others. Let's bow our heads in prayer. The same way Jesus became a surety. It's the same way that God called us to give of ourselves, to be a living sacrifice. Hallelujah. Every day we ought to be thankful. Every day we ought to be thankful for everyone who's given, who's ministered, who's fought, who's prayed, who's encouraged. That we can feel, experience, and know what we have today. Hallelujah. Today. God is sees every need, everyone that's here today and wherever you are. If you're somebody who's still just as just coming into this, needing God's grace, God's mercy, God's God's power in your life, it's available. And there's people here that'll help you give their time, their encouragement, their energy. To help you be, get everything that God wants for your life. and Don't you be ashamed of that. Don't be embarrassed. We've all been there. Times where we felt so unworthy. Because we are. Really. But God loves us. Gave himself for us. We come and surrender everything to God. There's going to be somebody there praying with you. It's already somebody praying for you. God, when they repent of their sins, when they turn their lives to you, when they turn away from an old life and turn to you, there's going to be battles, there's going to be troubles. Lord, help them. Help them, give them strength. They're going to help you fight those battles. When people maybe are trying to pull you down, when people are trying to tell you it doesn't, that's not the way it needs to be, there's going to be people here helping you stand for what the Word says. thank God for brothers and sisters that understand God doesn't owe us anything. We owe such a debt. We owe such a like Paul Lord I want to labor. I want to give my all because of how much I have received. We turn to him with our whole heart. Turn away from an old life and turn to the cross. We bury that old life. The Bible says buried with him in baptism. Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, it says in Acts, the second chapter, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We already heard today some of the battles, some of the trials that that we can face. We can win these battles. We can overcome. I pray that the church would be everything God's called us to be and continue to fight that everyone can receive God's promise. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Let's just take a few moments before we dismiss and talk to the Lord. Lord, you've been so good to me.
us win the battle. I worship you. Help me, Lord, to help somebody else finish the race. somebody else cross the finish line. Oh, yes. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. is unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. I thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence here today. Lord, I pray for each one here today that we could see, Lord, that we are debtors to you. Lord, that so many that have invested, so many that have helped us, thank you for it. God, help us, I pray, to never feel like we are entitled, but always feel, Lord, that we Lord, could just 
help somebody else receive more from you. God, we love you. Let's all stand. God, thank you again for your precious promises. Thank you for your beautiful presence here today and for this good fellowship in your house, God. Lord, I ask you, please just go with us. Keep us safe and help us to keep our our eyes open to see the needs around us and to be available that you would use us. Bless the nursing home ministry today, the service there, Lord. Just, just do some special things there today, Lord, as you only can. We give you all the praise, all the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. So good to see you today.